Welcome to the Muas Flowers podcast. I'm your host, Cal Ness, and I have your other host, Joey Vasallo. Bien, 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 bienvenidos a the Muas Flowers podcast. Por you. And we also have a very special guest with us today, Austin Shelander. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Yay! All right. And this podcast is brought to you by Outlaw Beer. Joey's drinking an ice cold Outlaw Beer right now, and he has developed a bad, a bad, let's say, taste for these beers. He he's become quite uh, unpleasable if it's not an Outlaw Beer lately, which is it's really annoying. Actually, it's actually real, Austin. Yeah. This, everything else tastes like shit. It's not good. <laughs> I got heartburn from uh, McGolden on really? Saturday at the Wild Game. Like, so bad. You went to the like, Wild Game? Yeah, I went to the Wild Game. We oh. won in overtime shootout. That's cool. We only scored one out of right. three. Okay. But it was a good game. That's a good game, man. Literally watched only the shootout. Yeah. So, sports. You a hockey guy? <laughs> I watch playoffs. Okay. Regular season, I'm not, I don't get into. Did you play sports in high school? Baseball. Baseball? Yep. That's it? I played basketball till ninth grade. Football till ninth grade, and then baseball till senior year. Nice. No college though. No. <laughs> no. So I graduated so early, play. so I couldn't play the last season. So I just said, "Fuck it." From there. Muy inteligente. See. Si. See. Si. See, <laughs> si, senor. No igual. No soy inteligente. <laughs> sure. He just agrees. <laughs> no. I'm not intelligent. That's what I'm saying. I don't speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you did just get back from Worlds. I did. Can you tell us? Here's the thing: I've never been. Can you give me like the full run through of like what it's about and how it is? Yeah, it's my first time going this year. Yeah, uh, it's out in Easton, Maryland. Uh, me, Chance, David Goose, uh, Colby, and his mom flew out, and they do it different than a regular contest. So they'll have their callers meeting on friday and then after that we'll do two rounds and you if you make it through both them rounds you get to go to saturday which is the final round and then they make their announcement for the winner there so it's a little bit different it makes it way more nerve-wracking because you got to wait a full day from the contest five o'clock night before till five o'clock saturday night yeah which is crazy yeah wait a second so it's not all three rounds in one day nope Really? Two rounds Friday, one round Sunday. So you get one shot sun or Saturday, sorry. So is that what's the purpose of that? Have they said I'm sure they've said. I think it's because they have the festival going on down there. Mm. Not a lot of people come on Friday. I mean there's a good handful, but Saturdays like tens of thousands of people. They shut down the whole city, have a bunch of food trucks, vendors, uh like Shindir, Boss, all them guys are down there with uh with their trucks and just selling a bunch of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of like uh decoy carvings and stuff, paintings, yeah, yeah. all old school stuff. It's pretty cool. Nice. That's really cool, man. Did you get a chance to like walk around and actually check out everything that was there? I had the chance, but I decided not to cuz I was shaking in my boots trying to calm my nerves before the contest. Everybody went out Saturday during the day, it was like split between contests. So we judged a couple of contests, the youth youth ones. <coughs> so they, Goose and Chance went out to <coughs> see the town or whatever, check shit out. But I decided to stay back. Yeah. Were you like freaking out? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get way too nervous. Was that your first time going? Yep. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Did it feel pretty surreal? It was insane. Like that stage is 
unbelievable. What what about it? Just the, the fact sound. Of, oh, really? Yeah, the sound is like the acoustics. Yeah. How is it different from like uh, any other contest stage? Well, you go in in like game fair, you're in a tent. Yeah. And the sound is just it dampens. Dampens. Yeah, it's just dead. There's no pop. There's no ping. Well, in that auditorium. Yeah. Uh, all the OG guys were telling me there's a sweet spot in that or- auditorium. And if you point your call at it, it'll bounce around and makes it pop and sound way better. No shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. And they crazy. were right? Oh, yeah, big time. So you, when you were up there, you found the spot when you were calling? They told me, point away. So the judges sit in front of you, not behind you at Worlds. Yeah. They changed that a couple of years ago. They sent up a, set up like a big uh, A-frame blind, and they sat in front of you, front of the stage. And then they have markers on that stage where you can't cross. So there's like a T where you can't go too far in front okay, of the judges. Okay, because they could see you. Yeah, even though you could go in front of the judges and see down on top of them, like if you're standing on the stage. But they just didn't want you crossing too far because they were videotaping everything. Okay. So they wanted to keep you on film. Yeah. Which was a little bit different because a lot of times I like to use, run back and forth for some fucking reason. <laughs> but they said... Point your call directly over top of the left shoulder of the judges and face straight away. Well, when I get to calling, get going fast, I'm bouncing around everywhere, and I yeah. found myself pointing down at the damn ground instead of out yeah. where I should have been. Yeah, but you think that affected your score? Because uh, you you generally blow ninety nine point nine percent clean. Yeah, I blew three clean rounds in worlds too. Yeah, but so I don't think, think it, it affected my score at all. They were just that They much, just had more points better. than I did, yeah. 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 Oh, but shit. Mike Benjamin does some whistling wings for his live duck. Like, <laughs> and it's quiet in there. And I sat in the way far back, and you can hear it, him just doing that all the way in the back. No way. Insane. Did he win live duck? Nope. Uh, Tyler Eaton, I think. Oh, yeah, Tyler, Tyler won. Did. Nice. Dude, that's sick. Yeah, it's definitely an experience that people should go out and Try for themselves. Yeah, or just see. Yeah, even how many, watching it was. How many people incredible. sat and watched it? Right away. So they do the youth contest, and then they'll do live duck, live goose, two man duck, two man goose, and then last is worlds. So okay. right away, that I estimate 150, 175 people. And by the end of it, there's probably 40, 50. Okay. Because it's like a three hour long contest. Right. People coming from the festival come and watch it. They, they don't want to sit there for three hours. Makes sense. So by the time you were blown, there was only about 40 people or so? Uh, my The two-man, w- no, I wasn't in the two-man. I was in the live. For Live Goose, I was in, I'd say probably 60, 70. Yeah. And for Worlds, it was probably 40. Okay. That's so. actually like kind of interesting because I would have thought actually that more people would have just, but I suppose what you're saying is it's not necessarily the crowd that's coming for that. It's the crowd that's there for the festival and yep. kind of just partakes a little bit during the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they shut down the whole city, so it, it the place is huge. There's a bunch of stuff you can go see. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I was told that like just in general, the whole town it's it just is different because the town buys into it so much. Yeah. So it's just different from every other waterfall festival and like how big it feels and just how grand it is in general. Yep. And I was told too, I don't I know you said you didn't get a chance to like go out, but like a lot of the town is filled with like antique decoy stores and like tons of that type of stuff too. Yep, that was everywhere. Yeah. Even at the even at the high school they had one of the 
I don't know if it was another gym on the other side of the high school. They had the whole gym was just decoy carvings and paintings, and some of the stuff was going for thousands of thousands of dollars. I'm like, yeah, I'm out of place over but here. That's all the sweet an- to look at. That's all the antiques that were passed down from, you know, the early 1900s type of deal, or that's today's carvings. Today's carvings, a lot of old carvings, today's carvings. Yeah. Everything. People painting, people carving decoys, there's everything there. That's people sick. carving calls? Mm, I didn't see any of that. There could have been. Like, okay. like I said, I made it through the high school. That's about it. Do you think that the calling contest is like a big draw, or is it just in general probably more the festival in general? I like the festival. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's just interesting because in my head, you know, you kind of imagine like I get to see you guys blow at some of these smaller contests and stuff, and I think you, you know, I want the picture of it there to be just way bigger too, yeah. where there's like so so many more people watching and like that type of thing. But at the end of the day, I guess you know the festival is probably the big the big thing. And yeah, then, it is. Yeah, well, there's a lot of heritage there with waterfowl for sure because it's on the Chesapeake, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. You didn't go and do a sea duck hunt while you were there? No. Come on. No. Come on. Mike and uh, Nickham went fishing the first day oh, really? they got there. Yeah. I don't know if they caught anything or not. Hmm. Why didn't you want to go sea duck hunting? I didn't have any time. Too nervous. <laughs> yeah. You were just like focused on what you were doing. Calling. I li- on the air. I didn't have any service on the airplane, so I listened to my routine like 70 times on the way there. I'm just like, okay, I got to stop. drilling it into your head? Yeah. Shit. You said you blew clean? I blew clean. Really? Yep. So you feel like you just weren't as technical? Because yours is pretty technical, dude. There's some stuff I just... I'm just that average caller, in my opinion. I need something, I think, in my first half of my routine that'll get me that, like, whoa, that was... That shouldn't be there. That should be... That's an extra point in my book. Just to get me those extra points, because... You could score, it depends on the judges. Like, I judge at fives, and then I either go high or low, whether I like them or they mess up or whatever. <clears throat> but depending on the judges, you want to try and gain those points by doing something different or doing something unique. And yeah. I just need to find that fine line. Plus, well, my call was a little bit higher pitch, a little bit higher tone than everybody else. Was Did that, you do that, was on, that on purpose? Yeah. yeah. I, I tuned it on purpose because I knew I was going to be nervous. I, I wanted to blow hard and clean, so... Mm. And you blow GK? Nope. Uh, Short Bay, thing. Bay Country. Short thing. Yeah. Bay Country. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. And a lot of people out there blow that, don't they? Yep. Top three was Bay Country and Worlds. Oh, well. really? Yeah, because yep. it was Walls who was second. Bobby. Bobby Heim. Yep. And then third? Me. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. It's pretty epic, dude. Oh, I'm still pumped about Top it. three? Yeah. Come on. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to go back next year. Chance has already got a whole... Or a Airbnb book for us. <laughs> like the next day, he texts me, Hey, I got this book. I'm like, All right, sweet. I'm in. Heck yeah. That's epic that he won, dude. Oh, it was insane. Yeah. How, what, uh, well, first of all, before we get into chance, like how different or how below were you in points from first? For, uh, World Goose? Yeah. Five, I believe. Five points. And then, yep. so what was in between you and second? Bobby was. So he had a seven ninety two, and I think Walls had a seven ninety six or something like that. Damn! So it was yeah. a four point lead. So you guys are yeah, probably he had neck a big, and neck. He had a huge lead, and he actually <laughs> bobbled in his final round, and only one one judge caught it, hmm. which was surprising. But how were your notes? 
I only got notes from two people. Why is that? It was chaos. Oh, really? Yeah, it was John Walls up on stage just, yeah, fuck yeah, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Taking pictures, and it was chaos at the end. Sure. So what what did your notes say? Uh, one said he liked my power, a little too high tone, uh, good finesse, and liked my comeback. That's pretty much all my notes. Mm. So nothing like negative other than your no call being a little too high. Nope. Clean it up a little bit and fix your tone. Damn, sure. dude. That's got to feel pretty cool, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's got to feel like you're right fucking there. I'm close. Yeah. So you got some time to fine tune or no. Damn, dude. That's sick. You think this is something you'll just keep doing for a long time, or what's your plan with it, man? You I'm just going until I win. Really? Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. What's your plan with it, just to say you did? To win Worlds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say I did. Hell so you won Worlds trophy. and you're done. I want that trophy. Nice. I'll probably still, if I win, yeah, I'll still you got to try and get yeah. three of them. Yeah, but I want that trophy. That's Would you ever like try to make a call or do anything like that? No, I don't think so. Okay, I don't have time. I got too many kids. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get them to try and blow goose calls right now. Anyway, so yeah, because you have three daughters, uh, two daughters, one son. Nice. And how old are they? Six, four, two. Nice. So it's a little challenging trying to. Get them to pick up a goose call. Oh, don't puff your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I hold his cheeks like, keep him in. That's <laughs> so funny, dude. I'm going to try and get him at Game Fair for the youth contest. Totally. He's oh a six-year-old or four-year-old. Nice. Yep. That'd be crazy. Yeah. My goal is to do it long enough where I can do a two-man with him at some point. That would be so if cool, If he keeps dude. with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Damn. Never That's even thought sick, of that. That's dude. sick. Yeah. I'm sure Hunter and Tim did that, didn't they? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's so badass. Dude, that is super cool. Yep. Yeah, it just brings a whole different meaning to it in a way. Yeah. Hopefully he'll so stick with it. You kind of got to keep going with it so you can tr- keep him into it. Yeah, man. Was there as much of a buzz in person as there was on the internet about the judges at Easton? Yeah, it was big drama. What was the... Can you explain to everyone what the drama was? So, with Worlds, they... Teddy... Runs world. Teddy Hoover runs the yeah. world's contest, puts it on. And he has to make the calls to find these judges. <clears throat> well, before the contest started, he posted online who the five judges were. Well, a couple of people, I won't name names, but were pissed off about it and were all the same couple that are always bitching. Yeah, same contestants. And so beforehand, the contest, Teddy kind of goes over we have a callers meeting and a judges meeting so everybody gets together on the stage and he goes over the rules and if you've never been there he brings you up on stage shows you, shows you what to do where he can't cross where the judges sit and all this <clears throat> he explains this to everybody and then he says all right you guys know the rules everything now you, you've seen the judges online say your piece with it now because i'm done with it and uh cory nickham actually calls out I said names anyway, but (laughs) calls out Trevor and because Trevor's the one that was saying shit online Mm -hmm. and said, all right, Trevor, now's your time. Say your fucking piece. Trevor's like, and all the judges were like next to him. Oh, shit. Like, holy fuck, this is going down right now, I guess. (laughs) And he said his piece with it. He was pissed off that he didn't feel the judges were qualified, qualified to judge this contest. And he said... We should allocate more of the money that we get as contests. To pay good judges. To get better judges. 
and whatever he deems qualified for it, that's what he would want. And he's going to bitch about it. Did any, he say? Anyway. He he didn't really go into depth because, I mean, it's we were all standing there with him. But he thinks it should be like past contest guys who've won worlds, have been at call makers, who've been in this instead of like a biologist or a DNR officer, whatever they are, which makes sense. <clears throat> but at the same sense, Teddy had this – has a budget he's got to follow. He's got to sure. fly these people out, put them in a house, yep, pay for all this stuff, and he's trying to get away from getting call makers and people that are affiliated with judging because mm. you're trying to eliminate that aspect of it. Because I, if I judge, and David Goose blows his first note, I know exactly who it is off his first note. Well, I know his routine. I don't know it as well as him, but I know his routine just for being buddies and practicing with him. I'm going to judge him harder because I know his routine so well. And if he messes up a little bit or he does, I don't like something in it, I'm going to judge him harder where it's that's not really fair because you should be judging him. For the first time. For it, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like you've never heard him before. Correct. And so he's trying to eliminate that, especially with, with call makers. So if he had like John Taylor. They're biased. Yeah. Yeah, had John Taylor, and that's what there. I'm saying, man. That's that's tough. Like you, you know, any yeah. guy who makes a call goes out there if he knows what his guys sound like. Yeah, it's not, and it's not even that. Like I'm saying that they would do it necessarily, even on purpose. It's just almost like subconscious. Like, oh, I know that he just blew a great freaking routine, you know. And then you, yep. it's just like on accident, almost even. Yep. Real quick, I don't mean to interrupt this. I just want to talk about one of our podcast sponsors. It is RW Coolidge, and right in front of me, I have. A beer koozie or a coaster, I mean. <coughs> koozie. Not Goodness a koozie. Gracious. Coaster, though. It is Very also good. a bottle opener. But he also makes incredible leather goods. So, Austin, how many times have you been on a, a hunt where you have to walk in a ways because it's too muddy? And you oh, have to tough. carry the birds out one by one? You know how nice it would have been to have a bird strap? <laughs> Big time. So, he <laughs> makes unbelievable bird straps. They hold 10 honkers like it's nothing. Like by the brass ring at the top. It's insane. So, guys, go check out RW Coolidge. For all of his leather stuff in and out of the bedroom, it is absolutely incredible. You have to do it. You just have to <laughs> I have fucking to do, do it. it, dude. Hey, I really quick, before we get off that, if you use the code, what is the code, Joe? Jackson40. Jackson40. We're gets not really you. supposed to talk about it, but Jackson40. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Jackson, you already said it. So Jackson40, you get a lot of money off of your Any of the Jackson stuff? stuff I'm assuming. Yeah, I was going to okay. use it for myself. There's only so many discount codes for it, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but also whenever you're judging these contests, man, it's so difficult to find a good qualified judge. Like, you do have to pay them, you know, essentially, right. especially if, like, how many good waterfowlers are out in eastern Maryland nowadays or within an hour of driving. Right. Because people move and people, you know, whatever. And so I understand Teddy switching it up for sure, but yeah. at the same time, you definitely want qualified judges. At the same time, because my first time judging Game Fair, I did not feel qualified. I still don't really feel qualified, you know. But um, Nick was just like, hey, pick the guy that you'd want to hunt with the most. And then after the first round, I, I really understood it because I've been blowing a goose call for a long time. But I was nervous, dude, judging, because I didn't want someone to be like, who are you? You know? Yeah, I don't like, like doing it. You can't, like, you can't judge me. Who are you? 
It's like, I'm nobody. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. I was nervous that I was going to get I, shit on. I don't even want to be here, man. Right. Like, I'm just trying to help out. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. You know? And so I, I really felt bad for those judges. It's like, but I understand at the same time. Right. You know? But, like, you, if you're going, if you're traveling all the way to Easton, you probably want to win more than $1,000. You know? It ain't really money. It, you just, just want the title. Yeah, I can't be the money. I want that title and I want that trophy. Yeah. It's it's badass carving. It's True. just sick. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's one of those things too. Though, like if you're into contest calling, like you are, it's the pinnacle, man. It yeah, doesn't matter. It's not the money. It doesn't matter, dude. Yeah, it ain't, yeah. You just it ain't Minnesota win, bro. State with eight guys. It's the world. How many champion. people? How many people competed? There was thirty in the live goose, which is a damn good turnout. And then I think there was eighteen in the world goose. Wow, dude. Third who place. Was, who was surprised? Like, who surprised you by being there? Nobody. Nobody? I, you were well, like, I knew, like, of them or knew who they were. And that's the thing about that contest. There isn't somebody's first time up there blowing on the stage. Anybody could win that contest. Everybody's just phenomenal. Yeah. How many Minnesota guys were there? Uh, well, if you count Chance, he's from Wisconsin. Doesn't count. <laughs> Me, uh, David, Colby's from Iowa, David, and Chance. Benjamin. Benjamin, yeah, Benjamin. So that was it? Really? Yep. From Minnesota? Yep. Wow. Where were most of the guys from then? Uh, most of the Bay Country guys are Eastern Shore. Yeah. They're from there. Uh, so they had quite a few dudes there. Who's that dude from Montana? Oh, oh, Cody Taylor. Yes, Cody Taylor. Dude, he rips. He's very, very good. He's so good, dude. Very good. Did he... Uh, he got cut first round, I think. I was going to say, did he um, mess up an out or something? Uh, I think he blew clean. But and he got cut first round? Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah, because that... I've seen him at Game Fair. Well, I think last year was the first year he didn't go. At Game Fair? Yeah. Really? I don't think he was there this year. But um, every time I... Because I've judged Game Fair like seven years... In a row, maybe eight, and he is just <sighs> off the walls. He's so good. I think the first time I ever heard him was in Burlington in like twenty sixteen, and he was just he was like fourteen. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit, this kid just rips. And you should hear him on a duck call too, dude. <sighs> He's insane, but he he always gets cut, and I think it's because he he messes up a note or. Something, but he is Cody. If you're listening, keep keep doing it, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Who is the youngest guy to compete in Worlds? Uh, well, they have that youth contest. I think he's 16. I think the cutoff age is 17 now. Okay. I think the youngest was 16. Uh, Hibner, I forgot his name. One of the Hibner brothers. Is that the guy who makes his own goose call? Nope. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, though? I know what you're talking about. Was he, he there? was at Rochester. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't see him there. He's so good, dude. I can't. It's one of the Hibner brothers. They're the, probably the youngest. I don't know any Hibners, but. Who is Lo- the Logan Hibner? I don't know. Tim who's Grounds. Who is the oldest guy there? Uh, Right, John Taylor. He competed in the Duck. Did he? Yeah. He go, he's been competing. It's been like his 32nd <laughs> year or something like that. So he just keeps going just to say he's. Been doing it for that long, yeah, which is insane. Yeah, is he that's like crazy. a? Is he a champion of champions? 
Um, uh, couldn't tell you. Because John Taylor's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. I don't know if he's champion champions. Okay. Did you get to hang out with people quite a bit or not really? Yeah, we went to... So their tradition is to go to fucking Applebee's afterwards, <laughs> which sucks because I live <laughs> half a mile from an Applebee's. I'm like, I'm, an Eastern, I'm on the Eastern Shore. I want to go get some, some crab. Yeah. yeah. Eat some and everybody that knows this podcast knows how I feel about Applebee's. So they have, I, I got E. coli. Oh, really? Yeah. They have Outlaw and Applebee's now. Do they? Yep. All right. I'll Applebee's back on, but only for <laughs> bar drinks. Damn, yeah, I like okay. Applebee's, but not when I'm traveling. Not not when you're, like, at the pinnacle of what you're trying to do. Yeah, seafood stuff. Dude, but Applebee's was only good in high school. Half apps. Right. That was it. I just do it because I got that car side to go now. Or, well, that since COVID. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the ticket. So not, anyway. gonna, not gonna do it, but anyway, okay. <laughs> yeah, they Applebee's. go up to Applebee's after each contest, get food, <clears throat> drinks, and then everybody goes over to Teddy's house and hang out over there. Nice. So you got to do that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're just sweating the whole time anyway. Yeah, just we're out till <laughs> two in the morning, <laughs> one in the morning. I'm like I my way past my bedtime, but I'm sober cabin, so right. I'm like I'm I'm here for a trip, so I might as well hang out. Yeah, going to bed. Hell yeah. It was we a good met, time, though. We met Teddy and uh, John Walls for the first time at Coyote Creek. Yep. And uh, John Walls, super nice dude. Unbelievable goose caller. Good God. He didn't win Coyote Creek, did he? You won Coyote no, Creek. No, he stuck. Yeah, he cut. stuck. Yep. But you won Coyote Creek. Nope. Uh, Mike. Oh, Mike did. I can't beat Mike. You you won last year. I won state at Coyote Creek two, yeah. t- two times, but Mike yeah. beat me both times in the open. Was uh was Teddy just like all business? Because he wasn't blowing in the contest, was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, he was? Yep. Okay. He wasn't going to, but his wife kind of made him. Kind of made him? Why don't you? Yeah, he didn't want to, but he ended up blowing anyway. I think he got second in the two-man. Nice. nice. Yeah. Who did he blow with? Uh, Another dude from? Yeah, another Eastern Shore guy. Yeah. Can't think of his name. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, I can't remember. Nah, no problem, man. But uh, would you suggest, like, other uh, waterfowlers from all over the country to go and see Easton? Oh, hell yeah. 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 Even from what I've seen, just in in the uh, or the school, it was badass stuff to look at. I think one of the things that's tough for a lot of guys is it's in their season. Yeah. it's the And it's traditionally the best weekend for waterfowl hunting in Minnesota. Yeah. We always get a push, except for this year. It was hot. This year was balls, dude. <coughs> yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, let's let's actually talk about your season a little bit. How was your year? Early season was fantastic. Regular season, pff, trash. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Lick my policy, huh? It was terrible. Lick my balls? Yes. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> this season was so bad. It was, what? why? You know, you think it was just like so warm in Canada or what? I don't know, because we had that once, what was that, October? We had that snow, little snowstorm, and then Canada just got dumped on. North Dakota got dumped on. I was ex- I took the day off work. I wasn't expecting a big-ass push. We didn't see shit. I don't know what, if they're just staging up, holding up still, but well, last like we week, never got that push. Last week it was still 34 in Winnipeg. Yeah. Woo! So they don't have to leave. Yeah, they still got open water, food. Everything. They don't have snow anymore. Dude. 
That's just wild. I feel like even the calendar migration was off this year. We had a few, a few, I think, were calendar pushes. You know, you think you get a northwest wind day, 7, 10 miles an hour, should be good. But you don't see much, but it's right around that full moon. That's when you you typically see a little trickle come in. But it was only for a couple hours in the morning, and then right. shut off. Right. So I think that was more your calendar push, but. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I base the calendar push on September geese, right? So, like, molts. Yep. And then um, end of October, uh, diver push. Or, like, when all the ducks just start pushing down in that full moon. Yep. And I saw six hours of it. That was it. Saw 20,000 ducks in one morning. It was great. It was sick, but I think the wind was pushing so hard. It was like 20 miles an hour, 24 miles an hour out of the northwest. And uh, Was that right when just, we got that snowstorm? Because mm. that's all I saw was damn ducks. Yeah, it would have been like right around then. I mean, October. I have a video from that day. I'll look it up. I thought it was like October 21st, something like that. It was like 27th, I think, because I was driving back from Canada. I think it was 27-8-ish. Yeah, it was uh, October 27th. Carter, nice fucking job, dude. Remember. October 27th, because I called, uh, you know, Paul, Paul Heigl? Nope. Oh, he uh, he guides for Dean down in Rochester, and then he's always in the Mulkier booth uh, during game fair. Okay. He's local around here, and I was like, dude, the duck push yesterday was nuts. It was like, you need to come up here, and the next day, like, nothing stuck around. It was weird. I was like, what? Because usually when you get that push, there's 20,000, 30,000 ducks that are lost puppies that don't know what's going on. Yeah. And you can just hit any slough in western Minnesota, and you're going to crank. And we had For to, a day. We had to work to find ducks. And, like, we killed ducks, but it wasn't, you know. What you thought it was going to be. No. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. But, yeah, this season was dog water. Like, bad. Yeah, not good. Bad, bad. <laughs> We're going to get back into it, but really quick, another one of our sponsors for this podcast is Onyx Hunt. And I don't know if you use Onyx or if you've got, like, some of the new updates on the the stuff they've got going on there now. Have you been yeah. checking out some of the new stuff? Uh, not the updates. I Have just... you seen, like, recent imagery? No. Okay. It's pretty sick. So, essentially, the way it works is, like, if you were going to go to, let's say you're going to go to North Dakota and you wanted to see how much water was being held out there. You could literally go to an area in North Dakota that you want to see and you could have recent imagery on and it would show you how much water level, like aerial, like satellite video oh, photos. So of, let's say it rained a bunch. Yeah. And you're wondering if there's flooded fields out there. There you go. Or if nice. you're wondering if the crops have been harvested. There you go. Insane. Really? Pretty epic, dude. <laughs> yeah. How, lo- how many, how long do they update it? They update it like every month or something? I don't know. I should look. I think it's more than that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like every seven days. Might be, yeah, Yeah. weekly. That'd be nice. I could be totally wrong on that. So we should probably edit this part out, Carter, where we're talking about how long you can. Or Or I should just look it up. Just go to the app and look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up for yourselves. How about that? What's our discount code? Uh, MWF20 for 20% off your Onyx membership. 20% off that membership. I got it. Put an extra toy in your kid's crib. How about that? I need to get rid of that crib. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. You don't even Speaking use that crib. crib. There you go. Got one for you. So I already got one, bro. Damn it. 
Too late. Too late, brother. I could use a crib. I got a crib for it. Shit, is it good? Brand new. Really? <laughs> My kids never slept in it. Give it. What do you want for it? I don't know. I talk to the old lady. Okay, talk to the old lady. You send me a text. Okay. Send me a picture in a text, and we'll see if my wife. Oh, she'll like it. it. Good. Oh, she'll cool. like it. Cool, cool, cool. It's cool, unbelievable. Cool, cool. Uh, I was gonna ask you, did you who like did you start hunting with family, or did you figure it out kind of on your own? No, I started hunting with my buddy Jay, uh, and my buddy Zach. Used to hunt the Crow River, <clears throat> Big Lake there, in high school. Yep. Okay. In high school. I think I was sixteen. Yeah. Fifteen, sixteen. They brought me out. We slept over at his house, watched a bunch of movies, killing movies. Brought me out there, and he was blowing on his goose call, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Geese weren't even working us, but they were flying over, so I think he's calling them in, but I was hooked from that. Yeah. And then you just started hunting a bunch? Yep. Started hunting a bunch, got my buddies together, and then me and my stepdad would go out. But my dad was the original one that brought me out when I was younger, but we never duck hunted too much. Never stuck? No. Yeah. Yeah. What'd That's super th- cool, man. What did you think of the crow? Like when you first started hunting? Oh. Just a river. river? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't Dude. know any better. <laughs> I, I never hunted rivers until I started uh, hunting without my dad. Just because it's easy public access. and yeah. Or most of them are. And uh, my first time hunting the crow, dude, <sighs> I was scared shitless. Because I'd like walking, setting up floaters, and then all of a sudden, whoom, yeah, over my waders. I'm like, whoa, and the current just pulled me. I'm like, oh, my God. And it was only like 40 degrees or something like that, but it was cold, dude, and I'm by myself, and yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. You ever like the Mississippi? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a scary river, dude. Yeah. That's scary. That water level goes up and down. I remember hunting it my third time. I had bow fished a lot that year. And so, like, when you're bow fishing, if the water's murky, it's impossible to shoot fish. Yeah. And so, we're going, we have a trolling motor, and we're going upstream, and then all of a sudden, we see a rock, and my buddy's like, rock! I'm like, oh, shit. And I try to turn the trolling motor, and we hit the rock, and my boat instantly went sideways, and everyone dumped out of the boat. The boat didn't go under, but everyone dumped out of the boat. Like, we're going a mile an hour with this trolling motor going up the current. And we hit that rock, the boat turned sideways, and everyone just flung out. Well, the current just grabs you. Right? Yeah. And then that winter, I went out and hunted with a buddy in a bigger boat because I'm like, dude, we're not taking my 1436 out there. You know? Like, this is this is fucked. Yeah. We go out there in his, like, 1648, go out there, and it's the same spot. And I'm like, there was a boulder right here. I don't see the boulder anymore. He's like, no, we're good. Smoked the boulder. Like, smoked it. Like, got the boat stuck. We're sitting on it, and we're, like, turning. So, like, uh-huh. you know, like we're up. Pivoting down the rock. And yep. then the backside drops down again. The current hits us, and we're starting to turn. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> God. And then, like, the dog falls out. It's his dog. And I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, it freaks me out. And we get to our spot. Oh, you like, got unstuck? Yeah, yeah, we got unstuck. Like, the current pulled us off, thank God. Because you couldn't see the rock. And you got his... Dog back in the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. And then we started hunting, and it was cold. And then we set all of our decoys out, and it's like you like we're taking a stick, and we're like walking, we're trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden, uh, sheets of ice just come out of nowhere. Decoys gone. Yep. Like we're like, oh, we should go and get those decoys. Gone within two minutes. Just sheets of ice out of nowhere. Gone. And we're like, oh, well, we're fucked. 
like, we're, not, we're not killing birds anymore. <laughs> that was terrible. That's unbelievable. But I was just freaking out the entire time. I had so much anxiety about the river. Because he, he was like, dude, you have to respect the river. I'm like, got it. He's like, no, like you have to respect the river. I'm like, dude, I got it. Go out there. The river was not respected. So Right, disrespectful. So it's far. a different game down there. It's a different game. Uh, do you guys do anything sketchy when you were a kid? You guys have any, like, sketchy, trying to do some stupid shit? Yeah, hunting the river, usually. Yeah. The sip? Yeah, same kind of concept. We used to hunt uh, down at the Montessippi. Mm. There's an island up there. So we'd hunt the island. And then coming back, one time, uh, we are way too loaded down, just barely above the water with the front of the boat, coming back to the landing. I can't remember what size boat we had, but my buddy Zach Dick, he's... He's like four foot two, just a little thing. <laughs> Somehow we hit a rock and he fucking flips out, falls out, and you just see it coming out of, hanging onto the boat. And he's just getting filled with water, filling his waders. He's just, help, help. So we had to fucking drag him up, pull him on the boat. Well, by that time, we we're back down to the island. So we had to turn around, try and go all the way back up. He's freezing his ass off. and It's just sketchy shit like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ended up being okay. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah. Have you really had any like dangerous experiences? Because I don't, I can't What's remember. What's dangerous? Any with you. you know, where you thought someone was gonna die? Not die, probably no. Mm. I mean, there's been times where I thought if we didn't do something soon, that someone was gonna have some, you know, damage that would continue, like frostbite or, mm. you know, stuff like that. The time when we were in the boat, where we had all the water coming in, me, you, and Connor, and we had to bail the water. Oh, but it was warm. We weren't going to die. It was warm. But yeah, we were going to sink the boat. We were going to sink the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I thought we might be swimming and then walking a long way. We were on a huge lake, and uh, we go out there. There's zero wind, and I'm just pissed about it. You know, I'm like, this is bullshit. We're supposed to get, like, 15 miles an hour. We get down to our spot, not really shooting anything in the morning. Morning goes on. Oh, wind, we shot a limit, bud. Wind picks up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, here you go. Then we started smacking the shit out of ducks, like, hard. And we're like, oh, shit, we limited out. We actually filmed that day. And uh, we started packing up. We're, we're moving. And all of a sudden, there's just white caps on the lake. We're like, oh, shit. We're driving his dad's boat, 1648. <coughs> Every wave that we hit, we had to, like, disperse the weight because Cal was, like, 300 pounds back then. So we had to disperse the, <laughs> disperse the weight. And uh, we had so much water coming in the boat. We're like, oh, my God. We're going we're gonna to drown. And so we had to beach it and take a cereal why did we have a cereal bowl you had cereal on the way to the blood <laughs> i had cereal in the duck boat. hey apparently. but the thing is though is like the boat the boat had i'd say eight inches of standing water in it in the whole boat like the back of the boat was like filled to the brim with really? water dude. over the transom oh yeah no dude it was very bad <laughs> like I'm surprised you didn't sink it mm. we're very surprised we didn't sink it well, you don't let off the throttle. Yeah, you just right. keep on chugging. You just yeah. run that thing. When we talked about pulling the plug, yeah, as you're we had going, too much water. At we that had point. too much water. Yeah. Way too much water, dude. Why? Why was that much water coming in? Was it the waves crashing over the top, or was it the waves were so high we're going up and water was coming over the both. backside? Okay, both. Yeah, we had both going on. Remember, we had to take my jacket off and put it on top of Connor's gear. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we had big, like, waves crashing into the front, and then just they just dump, like, a <laughs> gallon of water over the front of the boat every time. So we had to put uh, Beluga on the front of the boat. <laughs> this is because this is fucked up. <laughs> we had to put uh, 
the great Norwal on the front. We'd put Moby Dick on the front of the boat so that it wouldn't go up so high. But all these waves were just smacking Cal in the back. Like, so much water. Oh, yeah. I and was Captain Ahab up there. Bro. Dude, he, was, <laughs> he was Captain Ahab. And he, like I said, this is when Cal was at his most stout. Bro, you are hammering home how fat I was. <laughs> like, would you give it up? No, but this is the best part of the entire story. We barely made it back to the launch, right? And this is at his most stout point because he was wearing stout waders and they were neoprene and like they were so tight on him and so much water was hitting his back like so much (laughs) anyone else would have filled up their entire waders. This motherfucker takes off his waders and he's only wet to here (laughs) (laughs) because he had so much skin (laughs) because I had what? Because I had so much girth that oh. the waders were tight on me enough that the neoprene the water wouldn't completely go down. Completely <laughs> kept the water out. I was totally soaked, like to that point, and then it was dry. To be That's honest, great. though, pumped I was dry down there. Yeah. It's pretty dope. <laughs> Looking harder right now. He's literally crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, on the other hand, have had many near-death experiences. Too skinny. <laughs> I'm too skinny. I wouldn't float. Take so much water over the waders. Oh, yeah. God, that's unbelievable, man. That's really do you, funny. Do you ever? Uh, do you ever think you'll get into duck hunting, or are you just solely goose guy? Yeah, I'll probably just stick with geese. Really, even with your kids? Yeah, I'll probably bring them youth duck hunt, duck opener, then we're goose hunting. Why? I don't know. I just like goose hunting. Well, you just feel like it's more of a challenge, or I just like calling. Yeah, I like the yeah. aspect of tricking them, and ninety percent of my hunting's traffic, so it's being where they have never been or don't want to be, and being able to trick them and shoot them. Yeah, that's what I love about. Do you have it. any burners this year? A couple of migrator days. Yeah, really good days. Yeah, really good days. I went with Joe a couple of times. I think we went two days in a row. We shot fifty six, and then. 34 the next day or something like that. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty good. Like around pretty here? Pretty good. Uh, was or down his, by uh, him. Yeah. Whatever field he's got. Uh, what, the acre? Trina came and hunted with us Oh, that day. yeah, yeah. So we ran, I think we had a couple hundred DSDs out that day, too. It was <laughs> filmed it. It was insane. We shoot. We shot, I think, 15, 16 geese with a pile of dead geese spread out for a picture in the field. And then it would just be a migrant. Oh, get in. And we call that belly down, shoot up. Shoot him. Have to take a new picture. Yep, belly up. Just lay in there. <laughs> call it another flock. Put him in the pile. Take a new picture. It was insane. That's so crazy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was you had fun. a group of probably pretty serious calling going on there. Yeah, it was insane. How yeah. many people we had out there. I mean, just me, Joe, and Trinan out there. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. So, Austin... You texted me one day, and you said, I've got a subject for you for the podcast. And I was like, hell yeah. But before we get into that, I want to talk about one more sponsor. That is First Light. So I don't know what you wear out in the field, but we've been wearing First Light for the last year and a half about. And uh, the stuff that they've come out for Waterfowl is, like, the shit. And, like, it's not, like, new stuff necessarily. Like, the stuff that we really like is the... 
rugged wool is what it's called. So we have like these uh, sweatshirt type deals and then waiter pants. It's like almost entirely wool. And it's like you're not too hot and you're never cold. It's honestly Have you ever worn wool like as a base layer hunting? Because I never did really until. Uh, I don't know if Sika got all Sika. It's not wool. It's not wool, yeah. It's fuzzy like this. Yeah, Sherpa liner. Yeah, Yeah. that's like, yeah, they're gradient pants. Yeah. Dude. It's pretty weird, actually. Like, I I didn't want to say how insane merino wool next to your skin actually is. It's insane. It, like, totally just can completely changes in terms of sweating. Like, a, a big thing. I mean, when you're 300 pounds, you sweat, dude. <laughs> and Not in your waders, though. And, and those <laughs> pants, dude, you sweat. And then you're cold now. Right? Yep. And... And some of us have to work hard, you know, to get some stuff done. So Joey knows, too, because he works hard <laughs> in the field, that they would be sweating before you sit down in the blind. Dude, the other day, uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we put it, we made a pontoon blind this year, put it on a private pond, and uh, <laughs> we were going to take it off when there was no ice. Cal had a family emergency. Couldn't do it. And I'm like, I'm not going to call someone else to help me with this, right? So now we're doing it with three and a half, four inches of ice, trying to get it off the pond. Nightmare. Mm -hmm. And I look over at Cal as we're trying to push it onto the ice shelf and then break the ice, push it onto the ice shelf, break it, break the ice, you know. Look over at Cal and he's just sweating. And I'm like, you're sweating, huh? Yep. (laughs) 100%. But he wasn't wearing wool. Yeah, it was. That's the problem. Well, your face was sweating. You can't wear wool on your face. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty pretty tough to... (laughs) You don't figure that one out. Holy oh shit. my god! But anyway, anyway, okay, so go check that shit out. It is yeah fire. All right, back to your, you're talking about something that he said we should. Yeah, talk so about. you texted me, and you said I we should talk about this on the podcast. Enlighten everybody, please. So I was hunting around by my house, and I texted you. Uh, like I had ran a uh, run in with the game warden, new local game warden around my area. So is it a CO or a federal game warden? CO. Okay. And I scouted this place out. A little backstory first. Scouted this field. had 44 geese in it and 13 swans in it. Yes. Well, I have no better option. I'm coming here in the morning. Right in the center of the field was a little low spot grass area. They were all scattered around that spot. Like, okay, I'm going to set up here. Perfect. Show up the next morning. It rained that night. We got a little... It was way too wet to drive in so i had my buddy bring his uh uh atv and utility trailer loaded that thing up went out there set everything up and we shot six ducks i think by 10 o'clock geese didn't give a shit we were there some never showed up but all of a sudden i look behind us and warden's walking across the field and I'm like all right get your stuff out game warden's coming there's two of them they show up. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Shoot the shit with them. We're just here to check your stuff. I'm like, all right. I was first up, handed my stuff, checked it, all checked out. Checked all my shells, everything. Oh, really? Yep. Took Flying the wand bags. out? Yep. Took everything out. So two game wardens. Two game wardens. One guy was checking all the licenses. The other guy was kind of just watching them. He was training them. And uh, my buddy didn't have his federal uh, duck stamp. Forgot to buy it, whatever. So then he gets through everybody, and then the other guy's like, all right, who's in charge here? 
I'm like, what? What do you mean? They're like, we're all we're just buddy hunting here. Like, well, who's in charge? Who has permission? I'm like, well, I do. I'm like, I have permission. He's like, okay, we need to have a talk after. I'm like, okay. Well, I thought he was going to be pissed about I had the six ducks laying next to my blind. Yeah. And I'd be over my possession. Even sure. Though everybody's still standing here, but technically I am. But <coughs> So he gets done checking. Everybody's like, all right, you come with me. He walked me to the edge of my spread, which is probably 40 yards out from the blinds. Yep. He's like, you see anything wrong here? I'm like, look around. I'm like, no. He's like, well, what do you see around these decoys? I said, I don't know. He's like, well, what's up with all the corn? He's like, these decoys are placed specifically eating the corn. I'm like, I don't know. I set them up in the dark. He's like, well, this is way too much corn out here. <laughs> this is this is unbelievable. I've never seen this much corn out here. I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm like, dude, it was dark out. I have no idea. I haven't been to the side of the spread since light came out. And there were silhouettes. <coughs> and he's like, well, we walked all the way across the field to come check you guys, and we found a bunch of corn in the field. And he's like, if there's a big pile I want to show you. He's like, honesty goes a long way, so tell me the truth. Did you guys bait it? I'm like, no. I'm like, I'll tell you the truth. I told you what the backstory was. I drove up in the driveway, counted how many geese were out there. I said, you could see my tracks coming in and out of the field. I took a utility trailer. That's the farmer. I have permission. And he's like, well, does anybody else have permission? I'm like, there's two kids that also have permission. And I actually talked to them the week before about hunting out here. <coughs> but he's like, all right, come with me. I'm like, okay. So he takes me 300 yards behind my spread where he walked into. And we didn't just beeline towards the pile that he found. We had to search for it. Brings me all the way there. He's like, all right, here it is. What do you think about this spot? I'm like, I don't know. It looks like a low spot in the field. The tractor just rolled over the corn. He's like, this is an absurd amount of corn out here. There's no way this is not baited. Was it a lot of corn? In the second area, in the first area, there was probably eight, nine corn cobs laying there. Some had been picked at by swans and geese, but just looked like normal corn cobs that spilt off the, <coughs> off the tractor yeah. and knocked over. The second spot, there was probably 15. And it just looked like a couple of probably four stocks were just laid over where he just ran them over. Sure. I'm like, I don't know, dude. I'm 300 yards this way. I didn't come over here. I told him, I said, you can follow my tracks from the driveway in and out one time. I haven't been over here. I wouldn't find this pile of corn sitting here. Well, if you were hunting here, I'd be taking your guns and we'd have a huge issue. I'm like, but I'm hunting 300 yards over there. He's like, this is, it, I would deem this field baited. I'm like, okay, what would you like me to do? He's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And then, so I asked him, I said, okay, tomorrow, I'm going to be hunting 25 miles down the road in another cornfield. What do I do if I set my decoys up and first light comes and I find corn crops, visible corn crops? Now, you're not allowed to touch them, technically, because anytime right. you touch one corn cob and one kernel falls off, that's baiting. I said, what would you like me to do with the corn? He said, well, you need to get rid of it. I said, how would you like me to get rid of it? Well, you could put it in the back of your truck. I said, don't you think that's a little <coughs> more questionable if you walk by my truck first, see a bunch of corn, and then come out to my spread and find one piece of corn out here? That's going to look a little more suspicious. Mm -hmm. Then he got all 
huffy puffy because they thought I was flipping back smart. at it. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, no, I'm just trying to get questions on what I'm supposed to do. I haven't asked them. Like, can I chuck them? No, nope. got to get rid of them. Can't touch them. Well, how am I supposed to touch them and put them in my truck? So it threw me off for a little bit. But <clears throat> he was a he was a super nice guy, but he was really, really pushing to try to get me for baiting or at least slip up and. Yeah, tell him, oh, well, yeah, I guess I did know there's a lot of corn out here, man. Yeah. Right. It's And they brought, brought me back to my spread, and it was done from there. And that was it. So he didn't give yep. you a ticket. No ticket. Wow. I don't think he had anything. He couldn't. Couldn't really prove it. So you asked him a bunch of questions, though. You're like, yeah, I asked what him, am I supposed to do? I asked him those, that question, and then I asked him about tagging and stuff. And What did he say about tagging? So tagging, I, <coughs> I asked if he actually uh, regulates it or whatever. Enforces it? Yeah, enforces it. And he said yes and no. It depends on the situation. But he can enforce it. He said just do your due diligence and obey the law. And I said, well, what about, <clears throat> what about if I go to my truck right now and we all had our birds and I left mine here just to go get my truck? He said, that's illegal. You need to have those birds in your possession. You can't leave them from your possession to somebody else's possession, even if you're going to get your truck. He said, just carry your birds out. Unreal. Which is you can't leave them laying in the field? Nope. Because they're not in your possession anymore. So let's say now everyone... You can tag them. And then you're fine. You can tag them? You can tag your birds. Is that what your you said? name? Yep, with your name, what type of species, all the, the whole list of crap. And you can leave them there because they're technically yours. And they're all in one pile, banded together. Dude, it's so confusing because I've heard so much conflicting information about, like, the tags. Like, whether you yeah. actually have to tag your birds or you don't, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, it's all gray area to write tickets. Yeah, every time I think I know the law, I don't. I don't yeah, know. it's kind of scary. It's really Especially scary. with the baiting thing, dude. I, threw, I was, I'm like, I don't even want to hunt cornfields anymore. Like, this is stupid. Well, subjective. I'm, I did nothing wrong. I just hunted right. the normal cornfield. Normal like farming everybody practice. Everybody fucking does. Yep. Yep. Oh, my gosh. And, like, there's, you're telling me that, I mean, how often is it that you go out on a hunt and there's a corn cob? All not, the time. Not even that, dude. The amount of times where you go out in a cornfield <coughs> and you have the grain cart following the tractor and you'll see every once in a while, if you ever, you'll like drive yep. and they'll miss a spot. Yep. Like they'll go too fast or too slow. And it's usually right by the road, you know, like where they're dumping and yeah. then they're switching Pile and whatever. Um, that's considered baiting because it's over there. There's a giant pile of corn that they missed for three seconds as they were like, really? It's up to their discretion, but you can fight that in court, but then you're bringing the farmer in on it. And yeah, you're like you're making everyone, shit. yeah. It's a pain in the ass. And how it's many insane. times have you hunted early season standing corn, you got guys bored grabbing corn, corn cobs and breaking them apart with their hands, yeah. throwing them out there because they're bored? Well, that's what I've heard in Roch, where a bunch of guys got their guns taken away. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't even throw cobs. They're just standing in the corn. They bumped into it, corn cob on the ground. DNR took their guns away because there was a corn cob on the ground. Well, it's crazy too because if you bring out kids, we that's like kid the first us. thing they do, man. Like they pick up corn and throw it at each other. We had a kid They're breaking apart, day. just like you said. You had what? They're you had not a kid thinking. with us that day too. 
I mean, wow. he's, I think he's 14 or 15, but yeah. still a young kid. I'm like, yeah. dude, this isn't this isn't how it should be going. Right. It's crazy. I mean, there is I mean, there's a difference between dumping corn in a pond and the entire pond is yellow. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a difference of we're hunting a cornfield and that guy's tractor's combine sucks. Right. So he didn't pick up every corn cob. And there could have know? been a bird in that field for years. Right. And you hunted it. Well, and that's the, this is the craziest thing to me, too, is he came up to check you and you'd shot no geese. Zero. Like. Shot six ducks. Like, it well, was just. Gr- I, hell of a baited field, bud. You did a shit if job we had with a that. down there. Yeah. I guarantee it would have been a bigger problem. Yeah. But we had six ducks. Yeah. If you had a pile people? of geese, dude. Five. If you had a pile of geese there, it would have been a problem. Guaranteed. I've been hearing a lot more lately that um, you just need to have those birds in your possession at all times. So, like, same thing. Like, if you walk to the truck and you leave your birds there, you will get a ticket. So, like, say you shot a a five-man limit of ducks, and then you left that possession. Like, those ducks are no longer in your possession, and you're walking away from them. Ticket. Yep. Ticket. Which is just... Insane to me. You know that they put muzzle loader on the uh in the regs this year? Or two years ago. <coughs> I didn't know about it till two weeks ago. You have to wear blaze orange. That's been a thing for a while. Has it? Yep. Just yeah, you about have it. to you, once deer season is open or rifle. Rifle. Yep. You need to wear orange. It's muzzle loader now too though. Muzzle loader. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so muzzle loader goes longer than rifle. Yeah, anything but bow. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea. Yep. I heard that uh Friends of mine were walking clients out, and uh, they got stopped on the way out there. They got a warning, but they're like, everyone here needs to wear orange because it's deer season. And everyone was like, what? Are you serious? So now they keep orange in the truck for when they're, like, where they park and they're walking clients out, everyone has to wear orange. 66% of their body, you know? Yeah. So caps and abdomen. It's insane. It's like, really, dude? There's not a tree line within a mile of here. Yeah. What are we doing? You know? <laughs> like, so crazy. I'm starting to think it's just more of like a revenue stream. And honestly, at this point, like, I really want to get a game warden on here. Like a like an experienced game warden who isn't afraid to talk about it and just say, can you clear up these gray areas for us? Because there are a lot of hunters who are trying to do the right thing. And we're all kind of scared. You know, like, we're doing something wrong we didn't know was wrong. You know, right. like, when you come out with the regs for the following year, you should have what's new from this season. I know some states do that. Like, what's new this season versus last season so that people know the new laws for that year. And I don't know if Minnesota does. I yeah, Actually, Minnesota I think they does. do. Yep. I, I think they do. And it usually pertains to, like, Swan Lake. Yeah. Dude, I've always thought that the DNR should do, every year when they come out with the regs, they should have somebody who, like, goes on camera and literally talks through all of the stuff that comes out. Now, I know they would never do that, because why would they do that? They could write tickets. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be amazing if somebody did, you yeah. know, because then at least you'd have kind of like a sort of guideline that would walk you through the ins and outs of the thing they just wrote. They just write it, and then you have to interpret it. Well, right. Why do you want people to break the law? Why, why can't you make them more clear? Right. It's like you're you're advocating for natural resources and... And writing laws about it, why can't you make those laws clear? 
A good set. Well, um, I think it was COVID. I think it was 2020. They started to allow you to get your hunter safety online. And uh, my wife did it online because she did the apprentice license with me. You can do the apprentice license for two, two years. years. And so her and I were dating in 2017. And then we broke up. <clears throat> and so her and I hunted 18 and 19 together. And then we were going to hunt 2020. And she's like, oh, it won't let me buy my license. And so then called the DNR and they're like, oh, apprentice license is up. She can just take it online. I'm like, cool. And the questions are so whatever. You know, like anyone could pass that if you have a brain. But if you're going to be hunting like a specific thing, I feel like, excuse me, good Lord. (laughs) I feel like you should like, hey, I'm going to waterfowl hunt or I'm going to pheasant hunt. Like, when you buy your license, there should be, like, a, a questionnaire that you have to get all the questions right. You know? Something. Like, these, like, commonly missed things to not get a ticket. Like, something like that, even. But it seems like it's more for the revenue stream right. versus protecting the resource and, you know, like, being a good servant to the land. Or not servant, but a good steward of the land. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Sure. Like, maybe they should do something like that, but more regulation. You know, I hate more regulations, but I don't know. I also feel like there's a lot of laws that are 100 years old that should be changed. You know, traveling with a wing on, mm-hmm. and, you know, we have cameras on our phone. We should be able to, like, yeah. we should be able to do something like that, but who am I? I'm nothing. <coughs> so you got off scot-free other than your buddy, Federal duck stamp. Federal duck stamp. What'd that cost? <coughs> I think it was seventy five bucks. That's it. I think so. I got a Don't life jacket. On it. I got a life jacket ticket and it was hundred and thirty. Damn. <laughs> I always thought that uh like each violation is hundred and thirty bucks and then if you get birds taken away it's fifty bucks a bird. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I don't never know. Been, never been in trouble with DNR. Never got a ticket. I've only gotten two tickets. One year I didn't get my uh my state duck stamp because I went to Fleet Farm. I was 17. I went to Fleet Farm and I said, I want everything to hunt ducks this year. And he goes, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd been working there a month. And then he didn't give me my state duck stamp. So it was 750 And I got a $130 ticket. And then one time, another guy jumped in my boat. And I got a life jacket ticket because I didn't have enough life jackets. 130 bucks. So both tickets that I got in Waterfowl were 130 bucks. So I just figured... Right, general. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Hey, you're not safe. Pay me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ready to rap? Yeah, I'm ready to rap. Let's do it. Carter, play us some outro music, dude. All right, there we go. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate having me. Appreciate you coming on and really pumped for you, man. Congratulations. Thank you. We're super excited to see what you keep doing with it. Don't stop. Sounds like yeah. you're not going to. No, what have, what have I always said to you in the notes when I've judged you? Keep doing what you're doing. No. I don't know. <laughs> no, I... Uh, he has forgotten all your notes. No, I wrote something really Not cute. Not qualified. I wrote something really cute. What was it? Um, I was like, you're the next... Oh, Robbie Iverson. Yeah. yeah. You're the next Robbie Iverson. Yeah. Because the routine is just so clean, and it's so technical. I'm like, <laughs> I could never do that. Ever. It's so good, dude. 
So just keep doing you. Appreciate it. Except for that first half of your routine. You really need to. I need to find something. You need to step that up a little bit. Those yeah. are rookie numbers, bud. Yeah. Third place. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty solid, bud. Thanks for coming. Hey, one more thing. 